It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Hey there, my name's Michael Laminato, and this is Sprint Day at the 2023 Qatar Grand Prix on Pit Pass F1. Pit Pass F1 is brought to you by Evergreen Podcasts. And on today's episode, Max Verstappen is a three-time world champion, joining an exclusive club of only 10 other all-time F1 greats with three or more titles. His path to the championship was via second place in the sprint, behind first-time winner Oscar Piastri, who started second on the grid and beautifully managed his way through a safety car interrupted evening. But the day was almost overshadowed by tyre drama, with Pirelli finding the LaSalle track is causing serious damage to its rubber. It's forced some last-minute circuit changes and could possibly lead to rule tweaks for Sunday's Grand Prix. To talk us through a hectic Saturday in Qatar, let's head now to the paddock and your host, Luke Smith. As expected, Max Verstappen is now a three-time Formula One world champion after clinching the driver's crown in the sprint race today, sealing the deal thanks to a second-place finish, something of a rarity in such an incredible season for Verstappen and Red Bull Racing. Hello, I am Luke Smith here in Qatar coming to you after a title deciding Saturday. Now we will of course get into the ins and outs of Max's coronation shortly, but it has been a really busy day of action both on and off track here in Qatar. We had a popular pole position and victory in the sprint race for Oscar Piastri, some frustration for McLaren teammate Lando Norris and some tyre safety concerns bubbling away in the background that could have a big impact on how tomorrow's race plays out. But of course we have to start with Max Verstappen who is now a three-time world champion joining an illustrious list of names including Ayrton Senna, Jackie Stewart, Jack Brabham and Nicky Lauda. Now, I know it was always a matter of when, not if, Verstappen won the title, such has been his form throughout this season, but he finally got it done today in Qatar with six Grand Prix to spare in 2023. But it was not done in quite the fashion that Verstappen would have wanted to win it. He could not match the pace of the McLarens in the sprint shootout qualifying session earlier in the day, meaning he started the sprint race from third on the grid. And he didn't make any progress on the opening lap, going backwards. There was quite a split in the field between those starting on softs and those on mediums. Verstappen said he was quite surprised to see those who did start on softs knowing it would be quite high tyre deck. But they did have an advantage off the line, something we saw very clearly with Carlos Sainz and George Russell, both of whom got the jump onto Verstappen into Turn 1. He then had a brief moment of understeer while in the wake of Lando Norris's McLaren, leaving Verstappen down in 5th place at the end of the opening lap. Verstappen did only need a top six finish to be sure of the championship, meaning it was never really in that much doubt it would happen today. But in the end, he didn't even need that, and he didn't even need the full sprint race for it to be confirmed. With eight laps remaining, as Sergio Perez scrapped on the fringes of the points with Nico Hülkenberg and Esteban Ocon, the trio went three wide into turn two. It resulted in contacts that immediately put Perez and Ocon out of the race. 
with Checo's car in the gravel, that meant it was confirmed and sealed that Verstappen was world champion for a third time. It is a really huge achievement for Verstappen in what has been a year littered with records, and it definitely serves as one of the most dominant championship wins in F1 history. A special champions press conference was held after the sprint race, giving Verstappen the chance to reflect on his championship year. He picked out Miami, Spa and Zandvoort as being his best wins. Red Bull team boss Christian Horner also said he felt Miami was the turning point for Verstappen. If you remember, we arrived in Miami with Perez and Verstappen tied for two wins apiece, Perez saying he thought he could really take the fight to Max this year, only for Verstappen to go from ninth place on the grid to comfortably defeat pole sitter Perez and start that run of 10 consecutive victories. Verstappen was clear in his belief that this championship has been the best of his three, simply due to the level of dominance and performance he has enjoyed with Red Bull. And I also think we've seen an extra level of maturity and calmness from Verstappen this year. He's known he's had such a dominant card that getting into some of the scraps we maybe saw in 2021 against Lewis Hamilton, when if he didn't make an overtake, that would cost him the race. This year, he's been able to bide his time a little bit more, knowing that the advantage is there. Verstappen said that he thought his first championship was still the most emotional, given it was his first and after what had happened in 2021, and he picked this one as being his best championship. And as for the middle championship, well, Max said, that's just the middle one now. One thing that did strike me through Verstappen's reflections was just how much he stressed the importance of enjoying the here and now. Verstappen's never been one to dwell on records, he doesn't really care about how many wins or fastest laps or poles he has. And he also said that his legacy is not something he really thinks about. To him, he just wants to race well and win as much as he can, and also enjoy doing it with a group of people that is around him right now. And he said that he is loving life with Red Bull, he likes the unit he's got working with him, he feels very at home, and he said it's important for them to enjoy the moment. Now, the fact we have a race tomorrow still has limited the celebrations tonight for Verstappen and Red Bull. But Max did say there would be a few sparkling waters, I imagine something a little bit stronger maybe, before he comes back tomorrow and tries to focus on winning the race. Even with six races to spare and the championship sewn up, Verstappen's relentless nature is not going to waver one bit through the conclusion of this season. Now, Verstappen was aware of what happened to Perez in the race, so he'd have known that he was world champion with eight laps to spare, having seen his teammate's car beached on the big screens. But he was still laser-focused on trying to win the sprint race. The high tyre wear did mean the soft runners in the end paid the price, falling backwards and allowing Verstappen to get up to P2. But he couldn't bridge the gap to Oscar Piastri at the front. Piastri had lost the lead in the opening stages to the soft-starting George Russell, only to then move back ahead a few laps later when his mediums started to show superior pace and the soft started to struggle a bit. But by the time Verstappen was up to P2, there was a two second gap to Piastri and simply not enough laps to make up the difference. It meant the Australian crossed the line to secure the sprint race victory, his first F1 win, even if it's not quite an official Grand Prix victory, but it is still a big moment for Piastri to savour. And I think it really only adds to the growing hype around him. He's, I think, shown in his rookie season exactly why McLaren fought so hard to get him from Alpine last year, going through the contract recognition board and the whole Piastri Gate saga. And you look at how far Oscar has come in that time as well. His calmness, his maturity, it's been there right from the beginning. And I think it's amazing that you've got a young man living his dream in F1. He's, what, 22 years old. But he hasn't changed at all, it feels like. He's still super, super calm, super chill, 
and even his reaction to getting pole or winning the sprint, he didn't go ballistic over the radio or anything like that. It was just, yep, yeah, good job, thanks guys. Very, very mature, very calm, and I think that's a really good sign for the future. Very encouraging where McLaren is right now. The win for Piastri capped off a really big day for McLaren as Lando Norris gave the team a double podium finish by taking third place in the sprint, even if he claimed afterwards that he's actually never felt more frustrated with himself. Norris was a tenth up on Piastri, coming to the final few corners of his lap at the end of the sprint shootout, only to make a mistake at the final corner and run wide. Norris still started P2 because his time earlier in the session was very, very good, but he then slipped to P6 at the start of the sprint. He was able to go on a late charge and recover to third place as those soft runners slipped backwards, but Norris again held up his hands for doing what he thought wasn't a very good job. He thinks he should have been on pole yesterday and should have been on pole today, only to throw both chances away. And now he has a real challenge on his hands tomorrow, as he'll start from 10th place on the grid. If you remember, both of his laps in Q3 on Friday got deleted due to track limits. I think a podium is still on the cards for McLaren, given just how quick that car has been this weekend. And maybe even both of them, maybe Norris can get up there as well. But you have to think that Piastri from P6 probably has the better shot at making it happen. Now, one of the biggest stories on Saturday in Qatar actually came in the morning before we'd even made it into the circuit. The FIA announced it had implemented emergency measures relating to the use of the tyres on safety grounds. This came after Pirelli conducted its usual post-Friday analysis where it cuts into the tyres and checks the integrity, the constructions, just to make sure everything is working as it should be. When it did that, Pirelli found there had been a separation in some of the tyres between the topping compound and the carcass cords, meaning there was a risk of a loss of air suddenly, essentially a tyre failure, which is not something you want at such a high-speed circuit. Pirelli boss Mario Isola spoke about the issue ahead of the sprint shootout, explaining that the damage was so small on the tyres it was not actually visible, nor did the teams or drivers report any concerns about how the tyres were feeling. But the problem is likely to be down to the aggressive kerbs, which you'll remember I spoke about on the Thursday podcast when Yuki Tsunoda said they could be floor destroyers. Instead, it's tyre destroyers. Because the tyres run over those kerbs at the high speeds, particularly through that final sector, that sequence of right-handers through turns 12, 13 and 14, it had exposed the tyres to the extra forces really, really hammering away. Isola compared it to a pyramid where basically you hammer the side of the tyres into that kind of triangular shape. Because it is such a big drop as well, a five centimetre cut in the curb basically, it has put a lot of forces on the tyres that has ultimately led to these problems. In order to combat this, the FIA revised the track limits at turns 12 and 13, bringing the white line inwards by 80 centimetres. It then also painted over the kerbs to make it clear to the drivers where they should not be going. A 10-minute track familiarisation session also took place ahead of the sprint shootout, and the FIA also said, probably most importantly, that if the changes did not reduce the problem, then they would enforce a mandatory three-stop race on Sunday, as well as stints being allowed to last no longer than 20 laps. Pirelli is conducting an analysis of the tyres used throughout Saturday, probably as I record this podcast, and there will now be a meeting with the F1 team managers at 2pm tomorrow in Qatar. It is at this point a decision will be taken on whether or not it will be a mandatory three-stop race. All of the data has to be gathered and the FIA is not rushing into any decisions. Still, it's really not been a great look for F1. 
Passports Gunter called it embarrassing, while it also emerged that some of the drivers only found out through the media, with the GPDA meeting explaining the situation, then only following a couple of hours later. It has all added to the call for the drivers to be consulted a bit more. Safety does have to be the priority in all of this though, but the fashion in which the whole saga has emerged, especially as we raced here two years ago and did have some of these similar problems, has left a really sour taste for many. Anywho, that is all for the Saturday podcast. We will find out tomorrow afternoon whether or not it's going to be a three-stop race. But either way, I think it's going to be a really exciting one. Yes, Verstappen is on pole and challenging him is going to be very, very difficult for anybody out there. But you look at the pace of the McLarens, I think that Mercedes-Ferrari fight is going to be really interesting as well. Fernando Alonso also in the mix for Aston Martin. And it all has the makings of quite an exciting Qatar Grand Prix. I will be back tomorrow with the final roundup from the sale and I will talk to you then. Thanks very much to Luke, who's in Qatar all this weekend, bringing us the latest from the Lusale paddock. Make sure you don't miss an update from the Qatar Grand Prix by subscribing to Pit Pass F1 wherever you get your favourite podcasts. And you can visit us at pitpassmotorsports.com. While you're there, check out the Pit Pass Motorsports blog powered by Podium Life, featuring racing articles and motorsport industry news. You can also keep up to date with goings-on between episodes by following Luke on social media. Just check the links in the show description. My name's Michael Laminato. Pit Pass F1 is an evergreen podcast. Pit Pass Moto, sponsored by Moto America, is the show that keeps you up to speed on the latest in motorcycling and brings the biggest names in motorcycle racing right to you. From candid interviews with the top names in racing to providing insights into the trends and trendsetters driving the motorcycle industry, we have you covered. New episodes are available every Thursday at pitpassmoto.com and on your favorite podcast app. Ride on!